Hey, it's your pal Sully here. For the last bunch of months, I've been kind of critical of the concept of the A's moving to Las Vegas, and as Las Vegas is a landing spot. But guess what? Today, we're bringing in someone who knows a little bit more about Las Vegas sports than me. That would be Tony Cardasco, the host of the Las Vegas, the Locked On Las Vegas Golden Knights show. Easy for you to say. Huh. This is Locked On MLB. You are Locked On MLB. Your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast. We talk about all of Major League Baseball. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. If you don't believe me, there's my lower third. You can call me Sully. Happy St. Patrick's Day, my people, or at least some of my people. Uh, you can follow us at Locked On MLB Pods on Twitter and on Instagram. You can follow me. I'm your pal, Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. And be sure to subscribe to us on the YouTubes as we're trying to get 1 billion subscribers. We're still several hundred million shy of that. Let's keep it going, folks. And you can tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On MLB or check out some of the other great shows on the Locked On Podcast Network. Like, uh, do you want not just baseball shows? I'm going to just pick one totally at random. Locked On Golden Knights that happened to be hosted by our guest today, Tony Cardasco, how are you doing? Thanks for jumping on board. A rare crossover, not only of podcasts, but of sports here yeah. on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Yeah, it sure is. Uh, thanks, Sully. Thanks for inviting me. Looking forward to talking some baseball with you. I'm not just a hockey guy, you know. Don't put me in a corner. Like, okay, I, I do a little <laughs> bit more than just hockey. By the way, I'm totally a baseball guy. I mean, like, I, I don't think I can name three NFL players currently in the league right now. I, I pretty much only follow baseball. Uh, although uh, this was a great, great uh, advertisement I had or endorsement that I had for the Lockdown Podcast Network. I was up in the Bay Area around Christmas time and my friend Noel and I were going to meet some friends and she is an out of her mind San Jose Sharks fan, like crazy, like paints her nails, teal kind of fan. And she gave, you know, she gave us a ride to the arena and she said, let's listen to a podcast to get ready for the game. And she put on Locked On Sharks, not realizing or not putting two and two together that I do Locked On MLB. I said, like, you know, this is part of my network. I said, really? Yeah. I said, it's your team every day. So you got the Sharks in there. And we saw the Sharks lose like one of the weirdest heartbreaking games. They, 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 they were playing the Flyers. And uh, they let up a uh, uh, a goal with less than one minute to go to tie the game, and they lost the game in, in like the Sharks, like two seconds into overtime. I think S.J. Sharkey may have still been on the ice by the time the Flyers uh, got it. So there you go, go Teal, go Sharks. The window of opportunity is closed. <laughs> Let's just honor Patrick Marlowe. But um, but you're you say you're more than a uh, 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 Vegas Knights man. Uh, what what are your other sports loyalties? This may oh come. My goodness. This may prove a point I may make a little later. But what are some okay. of your other sports loyalties? 
everything. So I, uh, I've lived here, obviously, uh, for a long time, uh, over now 44 years in Vegas. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I just had my 44th birthday. And then, uh-huh. uh, you know, I cover the Raiders mm-hmm. uh, for CBS Sports Radio. I'm on Odyssey uh, Radio here in Las Vegas. I do a weekend show and special projects and all sorts of things. And just been in the media world for a long time. And, you know, with the Oakland A's, the proposed move to Vegas, I mean, that's big news here. Right. So I follow all the big news. Uh, you know, Super Bowl's coming next year in February. Formula that's One. Gonna be, that's going to be huge. That's Formula be, uh, One is off the charts. Yeah, yeah. So the economic impact that they're projecting for the Super Bowl, $600 million. For Formula One, double. $1.2 billion, with a B. Billion dollars here. It's insane. Yeah. It's that, crazy. That, that, that is crazy. And do you do you have a favorite baseball team? Like, did you have – You're a Yankee fan, okay? Well, yeah. the, native, the native New Englander in me – um, you probably figured out who my team is. Uh, my mother, who is listening to this show, uh, grew, up a huge, grew up Ms. a huge Yankee Mrs. fan. Sully. Mrs. Sully? Do- it's actually Dr. Sully. Dr. Dr. Sully. Dr. Sully. Shout out. Um, but uh, uh, but she is uh, uh, grew up a rabid Yankee fan in cool. Bridgeport, Connecticut, when an Italian family where my grandfather uh, would follow Yogi Berra everywhere he went. And a great regret in my life is he didn't live long enough to see when Yogi was a coach for the Astros to see if my grandpa Vioni would have been an Astros fan. But, you know, between Joe D and Phil Rizzuto and, um, you know, and Yogi Berra, and then now may he rest in peace, Joe Pepitone, oh, the, the, the Italian string for the, for the Yankees went very, very deep. That one really hurt. And Joe Pepitone, mm-hmm. best known for bringing blow dryers into the locker room. <laughs> yep. Is that what we're going to remember Joe Pepitone for? They're going to retire his, so they're going to put his uh, blow dryer in Monument Park. Monument Park, <laughs> which I read you is know? becoming too too corporate, they say now. It's becoming yeah. way too corporate, whatever that means. But Now, yeah. are you still a Yankee fan to this day? Oh, yeah. I'm yeah. still a Yankee fan. Love to boo him. You know, I just oh. think mm-hmm. Aaron Boone's I'm... not not the guy, okay? Oh. I'm just going to say it. He's nope. not going to win games. He's nope. he's too much into analytics. He doesn't connect with the players. Mm-hmm. So there you go. I I I as a lifelong Red Sox fan, uh, the day I found out the Cashman was being extended, they held a parade in Boston. <laughs> um, you know, I just I, brutal. Look at I'm 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 fine with it. I'm fine with it. Every year uh, I lived in every year they say they have the pitching and then the pitching everyone's hurt before that first pitch on opening day. Right. Everyone's it's done. It's depleted. It's it's over. Well, okay, here's before we get into our first break, however, you're we're almost inadvertently <laughs> proving a point that I wanted to make here. Um I I and again, I'm saying this because I want to put all the cards on the table and and for listeners of the show. I'm going to give the floor to defend or to get me excited about Vegas as a possible landing spot to Tony. But it would be dishonest of me to have Tony aboard and not act like I haven't been critical of Las Vegas as a potential landing spot. So I got to be, you know, I got to be open. And I actually think it's more productive if I start with here are my misgivings. Uh, I'll just say, first of all, I mean, just personally, because I spend so much time in the San Francisco Bay Area where my mom lives and and lots of families still up there 
I love going to A's games. Just personally, I love the atmosphere of the A's because, you know, it's only 13,000 there, but there are 13,000 rabid fans who love their team, and I love the atmosphere there. But, I am, but I'm also objective enough to understand that Finley probably should never have moved the A's there to begin with. The Bay Area is not a two-baseball team region, and they've always struggled to fit those two teams into the fan base. So I'm I'm not blind to the idea of why they have to move. They've been talking about a new stadium forever. I don't believe the Howard Station State Stadium. I've been hearing that for literally decades about a new ballpark. And so and they have to do something because they're gonna have to expand pretty soon. And they have to figure out the issue with Oakland and Tampa because they can't expand and still have two issues. Okay. My issue with Vegas is a landing spot. I would rather they move to a place where it's it's fewer transplants and more of a, uh, a a deeply rooted population, which is why of the two cities I would have pointed to would have been either Portland or Nashville. I think both of them could support a major league team. I think both of them have that sort of generational uh, roots of their sports fandom. And I remember forever and ever when I was growing up, people talked about Miami and its Phoenix as potential great spots for Major League Baseball. But as it turned out, those those populations, which had booms, but they had people who were still loyal to whichever fan base they grew up on. You've lived in Las Vegas for 44 years. You still follow the New York Yankees. I haven't lived in Massachusetts since Ronald Reagan was president. And yet still, I'm proudly flying my Red Sox banner. And I see that for everyone who has been transplanted here or there. And I think hockey works because it's a, it's a niche it's a niche sport compared to baseball. It doesn't need to get the huge crowds. And they were also the first to represent Las Vegas. I saw that with the Sharks, the, the rabid popularity of the Sharks when San Jose finally had their own club. But I'm worried we're going to see Marlins 2.0 or Diamondbacks 2.0, where we saw these teams in these cities, which should be huge baseball cities, but there are more Yankee fans in Miami. There are more Cub fans in Phoenix. And so I'm worried that we're going to have a situation where so many things on paper look good for Las Vegas, but you don't but you may find that it's a city full of transplanted fan bases that may not equal the, um, the, the, the support that the team would need. So there you go. I put my cards on the table. That, that's my thought. And I'm, and I'm going to give. I, we have to do break one. I'm going to give Tony break in segment two and three. Tony is going to make the case of Las Vegas as a team. And I don't know, it, it it may be a long shot. It may be a long shot that he'll be able to do it. But you know what? He's in Vegas, so he knows a little something about making bets. And if you're going to make any bets, may I recommend you go to FanDuel. FanDuel is the new betting partner of the Lockdown Podcast Network. We are just starting March Madness. Fill out your brackets. Make all your bets. Right around the corner is the NBA playoffs, Stanley Cup playoffs. We may see the Vegas Golden Knights take on who, who are they going to beat? Who are they going to beat the, the Stanley Cup finals? Um, who's the top one in the East? Who's, who's, who's leading the East right now? I almost, uh, hell, let's just say the Bruins, just to make my friends in Boston happy. So if you're going to make any bets, go to Bet Online. 
Customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, super easy to use. Then you can bet on anything for the money line, points scored, threes drain, and FanDuel lets you combine your bets for a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss out on the chance for your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. In bonus bets, when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on, that's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more. With FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right. We're back talking with Tony Cardasco of Locked On Vegas Golden Knights. There, I've I've laid out my issues, okay? But you're clearly you're in Vegas, you're you're excited and you love your Golden Knights. Talk to me a little bit about if I'm wrong. <laughs> about like <laughs> if if the A's uh, could succeed and Major League Baseball could succeed in Las Vegas. You know, I've gone back and forth, Sully, with this issue because I think, you know, most of all, if they put a stadium near the strip, they want the casino owners don't want people to be away from their property for mm-hmm. three plus hours, right? Right. And that's always been an issue here. Number one, that was the number one issue I had. The heat is another issue. Obviously, you put up a dome stadium. And then everything would be much better. It would be fine. I think, you know, again, with the success of the Golden Knights and the success of the Raiders, which are two different fan bases, I think it's proven to me that there could be a case to have Major League Baseball here. And I feel the A's are coming here. And I feel, as I've said in several interviews, that it's inevitable that they come here. I really do believe it now. Um, I think, you know, when you talk about the Golden Knights, you said there's a lack of a fan base. Well, the Golden Knights are mostly, primarily, locals that okay. support that team. And then with the Raiders, it's a destination team. And yeah. for several games, it split the, the Niner game. The Niner game was probably, Niners-Raiders, was probably, I'd say, at least 60-40 Niner, fan, Niner fans there. Right. Because the Raiders kind of suck too. Well, I'll just say about, I'll just say, but I think the NFL to me is a no brainer in Las Vegas for a couple of reasons. Uh, there's obviously a tremendous amount of gambling with the line and everything. It's, and it's also much more of a national sport. Like right. if a, if a team that has a huge national interest, if the Patriots or the, you know, the chiefs or some team like that are coming through Vegas, the casual sports fan is going to want to see that. And there's also for fans in Oakland, it's not really been that much of a change because they'll watch it on TV and the flight from Oakland to Las Vegas is really cheap and really fast. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, so I, I think football is a different animal you okay. know, in terms of that. But but um, hockey has a really good fan base. And mm-hmm. we also have a triple A baseball team here. Right. And they did the big league weekend a couple of weeks ago. And now the second big league weekend's coming in this week. And they're going to get probably 10,000 fans mm-hmm. there per per game. Uh, and so they have a base already of baseball fans here, and that's out in the burbs. And I think that a lot of folks are going to support a baseball team here. Again, there are transplanted fans, but there are transplanted fans of all those teams that live in Las Vegas. And I still say that out of a 30,000-seat stadium, you could probably get 15 to 20 season ticket holders thousand in the thousands. I, I really do believe that. And then all you have to do is fill it in with, again, it's a destination, and you fill it in with the visiting fans. 
now do you think and again this is this shows my complete um lack of knowledge of a lot of things of, of las vegas you there the the fan base it has been i mean look at the the knights first season was a monumental success they went to the freaking stanley cup finals and they're so, all bandwagon fans yeah i mean so if they start losing the place will be empty too yeah that's what i was going to ask it. i mean like the first season it was exhilarating i mean from from afar watching it it was exhilarating to watch them and getting into that Stanley Cup Finals and going, wow, are they going to win the Cup their first freaking year? Now, they, they came up a little short, but still, I mean, for a for the first year of having the, the fandom, there would have been excitement no matter what. And I in the first year and the first major sports team to you know plant their flag in there so they were the first team in you know into the gate sure they're going to have success no matter what then they had the runaway success and they're still an outstanding team this year and they could very well go to the finals again um and you know we could have a you know <laughs> a vegas dynasty and a tampa bay dynasty just to annoy everybody in canada just to avoid yeah. everybody in canada but wait their whole life to see the cup. toronto will lose in the first series again right exactly right passage yeah, you know, just you, I look at um, I I'm a big fan of that uh, what I call generational events. You know, that sort of I thought I'd never live to see blank. And I was in New York when the Rangers won the Cup in 1994, and 94. that was that and was I'm a Ranger a, fan too. So no, I, I'm sure, and, and and I'm there's only one New York team that I dislike, and that I think you can figure out what team that is. But when the when you had that was the summer where you had both the Rangers and the Knicks in the finals at the same time. And that was that could have been the most exciting sporting event, sporting summer I've ever seen in my life, being in Manhattan while that was happening. And the the Rangers were a generational event. You know, the Red Sox, obviously, the Cleveland having any championship at all to speak of. And I just look at the people in Canada are like, just doesn't matter if it's the flames it's the oilers it's the the jets the the i almost said the nordiques but they don't exist anymore you know the canadians the maple leaves just someone from canada win a cup please the nordiques yeah yeah <laughs> oh i remember the nordiques i love that logo but and of course they look up and go like oh great you move to colorado you start winning colorado. cup after cup after cup good good <laughs> thanks thanks for nothing um right. but yeah it'd be interesting to but like uh, the point I'm making is that there is the 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 fandom of the Golden Knights has to be almost graded on a curve. We almost have to wait for them to collapse. Yeah, to see, oh no. to see how you know how when, what kind of fan base they'll be. When when they were struggling here earlier this season, yeah, the fans started bailing out, and the eighteen thousand uh, fans per game was about sixteen or seventeen, and then a lot of fans. A lot of my friends sold their tickets, obviously, to outer towners, but. Again, this is a destination, and mm -hmm. it's a convention uh, business uh, city too. Yeah. And so, if they put it, so there's there's two places where they want to put uh, the uh, the stadium, proposed stadium, uh, the Tropicana Hotel Casino. That dinosaur of a uh, property there needs to be blown up and just do away with it. That would be amazing, though. We'd have three venues within one mile. Yeah. So it would be right across the street. From T-Mobile Arena would be a baseball stadium, and then you've got uh, Allegiant Stadium not far away, within a mile. 
You can go to like sporting events out of the out the wazoo. They they want it when they first started talking about the A's moving here. They're like, let's move them to Henderson. Let's yeah. move them to Summerlin, where we've got the minor league team. No, no, there's 44 million uh, tourists that come into town on a yearly basis. They're just just force feed them. They'll come in. They'll go to baseball. It, the city's changing like every day. It's not so much because people aren't gambling. They say as much as they used to on the table games and you know in the casino, but it's a different city now. It's a city of sports and entertainment. That's pretty much what it is at this juncture. It's funny. Like the first, I, I haven't been to Vegas that often in my life. The very first time I went to Vegas, there's a reason I'm bringing this up here. Um, I was working on a sports TV show. And we went to Vegas because we were covering the professional bull riders championship that was PBR. held. That the PBR had a big sort of meet and greet thing at the Mandalay, Mandalay Bay. Mandalay Bay, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I'm then they it. had the actual PBR event at the Thomas and Mack Center. Sure. And I just remember I was I was the producer of the I was working on a TV show as a producer, and I just was it was the first time I've ever been to Vegas. And so my only knowledge of Vegas is like what I'd see on TV, whether it was, you know, Ocean's Eleven or a Casino or, you right. know, uh, you know, and things, the, things like that. So it was the first time I got I saw that the thing that people need to understand about Vegas is that basically it, it's less about you're right. It's less about gambling and more about what do you like, whatever you like, what kind of food do you like, what kind of entertainment do you like, what kind of who are you attracted to, what music do you want to listen to? We don't judge here. Whatever you like, we got it. Sin and city. and and, but beyond just sin, it's almost fun city. So I saw all these people there for the bull riding, but at, like down the uh, the hallway, there was like like some you know uh, like flamenco dancing thing going on also at the the Mandalay Bay, and it was kind of like whatever you want, we got it, we got it. And it's funny that the 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 second time. And the Thomas and Mack Center is a little bit away from the Strip, closer to the airport, if I remember correctly. Correct. Yeah, it's right down the road from the airport. The first time I really stayed in Las Vegas, uh, it was my wife and the TV show she was working on flew everyone out to Vegas, and they put everyone up in the Tropicana. Oh, geez. <laughs> it was kind of like, huh, this one is interesting. But <laughs> That's got third... some history there, but it definitely needs to be imploded. But the third the third one is, I think, really close to what you were saying when I was working for a tech company and they were at a convention center for this big tech convention that was going on. And they, they was part of a convention center was next to the MGM Grand. And they had me in this massive suite in the MGM Grand. And there was this flood of people coming through the convention. And by about 5.30, everyone was done. And I just started thinking about what you were saying that if you had across the street from the MGM Grand or near where the or where the I almost said the Flamingo the 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 Tropicana, if you had the opportunity of a baseball stadium there as something to be given to like the high rollers coming in everything like that, you're right. There's always there's always a PBR. There's always a tech convention. There's always something going on there. The tech convention I was at was there on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And so there was always that flow of people coming through here. So, yeah, I think you made a great point about that, especially if you place it at the right place. The Tropicana is close enough to the MGM Grand and the New York and all those places that it could, it could be, you know, walkable 
to everything else. Yeah, and the Rio site isn't bad itself, except that hotel casino was just bought by a company called Dreamscape Properties. And so what they're doing, they're investing $650 million into cleaning up a very tired property. And mm-hmm. if they do things the right way, uh, you have a nice property that just feeds fans, you know, from that property with, uh, what, four or 5,000 rooms there. And, you know, that's a nice base to have. Also, right there, you have you can walk right over to the baseball stadium, watch a game, go back to the casino and have fun. You know, it it's just about the proximity too. Uh, you have to have it close to where all the people are staying, all the tourists are, that are coming into town. Um, a a right. 30,000 seat stadium would be just perfect mm-hmm. for this city. A billion dollar stadium would be great. And as the... So Allegiant Stadium. I just want to. I know I might be getting a little bit off track, Sully. Allegiant no, no, Stadium. No, this is all. This is all right on track. This is all right. Okay, on track. so so Allegiant Stadium was built seven hundred fifty million dollars of the over one billion dollars uh, that it cost to to build Allegiant Stadium was due to hotel room tax money, and mm-hmm. the people in this city were complaining like nobody's business. And I was like, be quiet. This is another convention area for the city of Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't come out of our pockets, which is even crazier. Oh, I'm not putting my tax dollars into that. Well, you're not. Hotel room tax, 0.08 yeah. cents per night goes to the stadium out of hotel rooms and room taxes to lower the age. And it's a venue here where you don't just do baseball. You know, you need mm-hmm. to have like one of those multi-purpose facilities where you could do concerts and other things with 30,000 seats. It would be perfect. would be perfect for this city. Right. There's never enough entertainment here. Well, look, at it. for a lot of people, their idea of entertainment is baseball and the fantasy baseball and trying to figure out how to run their own team. And for me, the best way to do that is through the ultimate Pro Baseball GM app. I've got it on my phone. I don't know if there's an equivalent for this on hockey. But no, this is just, no, we need uh, this for hockey. At, oh, man, because I've been doing this sort of thing since I was playing with my baseball cards. My mom's listening to this. She remembers baseball cards strewn all over my floor, and I was intricately uh, putting together teams. I was acting like the GM. I had made-up team names. I had real team names. I had everything like that. And the best way to do it, I have it right on my phone, the Ultimate Baseball GM. You can manage every strategic aspect of your team. My new team, my made-up team, they're the the Honolulu Waves. That's right. I'm going to put a team in Honolulu. How about that for travel? Come on. I love Hawaii. What do you want? It's, it's just on my phone. Relax. Um, get every every aspect of the team. Play through the season. Lead your team to glory. You can hire the coaching staffs, manage the team finances, scouting, drafting players, navigate your franchise through free agency, all the ups and downs of the season. It's a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Baseball GM is completely free and playable online. Play on the go. Play as you want. Play when you want to. Play when people think you're at work. Locked on MLB listeners will get 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo locked on in the game store. So make sure to check it out. To download the game, just visit probaseballgm.com, scan the code, or look it up on the app store. So that's probaseballgm.com. Ultimate Baseball GM. Start your dynasty today. You know, the funny thing about what happened last year 
with the A's in Oakland is they officially were in Oakland longer than they were in Philadelphia. They find they, you know, because the minute they look, I've read way, way too much about Charlie Finley. I've read the, several books about the history of the A's. And the A's have been rumored to go everywhere in creation. When they were in Kansas City, at one point they were rumored to move to Los Angeles. They were rumored to move to Louisville. They were rumored to move to Atlanta, Dallas. They land in, um, uh, in, Oakland. in Oakland. I dug up this old book that I had when I was a kid. This book called The Baseball All Stars, nineteen eighty. I had it. Is that like, Richie Allen on the cover? No, it's it's actually Pete Rose. It's actually Pete Rose. Okay, I just was, saw the. I just yeah, saw the, red the Phillies. My favorite thing is <laughs> love they, that guy. That's my favorite player ever. So they and, and he's a, and boy, he'll be loved in Vegas. Did you now, get Did you get Baseball Digest as a kid? Oh, well, kid me! I read yeah. every issue of Baseball every issue. Digest. Same here. I baseball love Baseball Digest, Baseball America, Sporting News. The baseball digest was just that small, like oh, yeah. it was just so digestible, like easy to read, right? Oh, perfect. Every week. Yeah, absolutely. And I got the Bill Mazeroski baseball <laughs> annual at the beginning of the year, which gave all the predictions. The reason I'm showing you this is they have this is like they're giving the previews to the uh, um, each team. There you got the Rangers, you got the Twins, um, but when they and they got and they, but when they got to the A's, it doesn't say the Oakland A's. It, a mule? it just says. The A's. The A's. <laughs> now, the reason is the very first line of the, the preview says, it matters not where the A's play in Denver or Oakland. They're awful. And they, and they were. This was before Billy Martin took them over. Um, but when that book went to print, they weren't sure if the A's were going to play the 1980 season in Oakland or in Denver. And they were on the verge of moving to Denver. And they were on the, at one point on the verge of moving to New Orleans and on the verge of moving to Phoenix and on the verge of moving to down the, you know, across the Bay to San Jose. So uh, since they left Philadelphia, they've been rumored to go everywhere. So, you know, they've been looking for that great new stadium since Connie Mack was running the team. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're going to get a new stadium here. And yes. Rob, Robert, uh, Rob Manfred said that they don't have to pay the relocation fee. Oh, and that is go. key. And that's what a billion to two billion dollars from everything I've heard. Um, so that is that's really very important. If the A's come here, they definitely need to build a winner, though, because mm -hmm. if that organization comes here in its current state, it's not going to not going to work. Do you know, Do you know, I got one for you, Sully. Last year. OK, we have the triple A franchise of the A's here in Las Vegas, yep. the Aviators. Right. Which I call the triple A's. So. <laughs> Uh, do you know how many players they brought up from the Aviators last year? Take a wild guess. Um, I'm going to say 15. 30. Huh? 30. So you're watching a AAA baseball team in a major league city. That's got to stop. They have to fix that. If they come here, we want a winner. They're going to have to invest money. So if the city can help them out, uh, if the state can help them out, Major League Baseball is doing away with the relocation fee. It's an absolute no-brainer here. And, 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 and the same thing, just oh, real sorry. fast, though, Sully, yeah. no, because like with Allegiant Stadium, over the $750 million, Mark Davis and the Raider organization, they paid for all the overages. So right. it just was an absolute no-brainer to me, and it's another facility that's bringing in $600 million for a Super Bowl here. It just makes all the sense in the world that it's another entertainment venue for our city. Right. 
And of course, it's, for me, who I've, I've, I have a, as I said, a huge soft spot in my heart for the A's. You know, this was a team that made the playoffs in 2012, 2013, 2014, 2018, 2019, and 2020. They've had some very good teams recently, but they've not been able. And of course, they're playing one of the wealthiest parts of the country, and yet somehow they constantly are playing the nickel and dime game with the team, which is to the to my many many A's fans, for my friends who are fans of the A's. It's to their absolute. They're pulling their hair out when they right. look and they see thirty minor leaguers from AAA. I mean, you might that's, as well you might as well move that team here if that's what it's going to be anyway. Right. Well, who's your look, favorite A's player of all time? Do you know Tanaccio? Um, I mean, it's uh, it's probably Catfish Hunter is my favorite A's player in history. Um, I I mean. Ricky Henderson is the greatest Oakland A. Great, he's the greatest A of all Unbelievable time. Unbelievable player. I've yes. been, as for this book Joe project, Rudy, Joe, yeah. like everyone from those teams, whether it's Vita Blue Fingers, Rudy Campaneris, the late Sal Bando, may he rest in peace. Reggie, um, you know Billy North. Um, you know, How much Ken, fun was Ken that Holtman. team? Yeah, I mean, one of the all-time. I mean, they were best. a little bit. They were a little bit before my time, but I'm writing a book about that. Uh, about that, the '72 postseason and you know and i've been re-watching those games for for the book project and they're not only good players they're just so much fun to watch the characters right like oh, absolute it, personalities absolutely what by the way we're I, you, if you get me on the 1972 a's jag we will be here for the next 10 hours but uh <laughs> one of my favorite details about that team is the fact that uh you know, Raleigh Fingers, obviously the, the the Hall of Fame closer, kind of one of the early superstar closers, uh, and oftentimes would, you know, take multiple innings to close out a game. In his locker were pictures of his hero, and his hero was W.C. Fields. W.C. Fields. Pepitone? No. Oh. W.C. Fields. The, that's the awesome. Comedian. That's great. That's they had all these pictures. He loved W.C. Fields. And that's, kind I, of, that's random, right? That's so random, and yet when you listen to him and you think about the character of that team, it's like, all right. My 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 second favorite detail about that was the A's clinched the pennant in 1972, the first time they went to the World Series since they were the Connie Mack A's. They clinched the pennant in a razor thin series against the Detroit Tigers, led by uh, Billy Martin. This was a series where Burke Campaneris threw the bat at. Uh, Legro, who was the reliever, because he knew Billy Martin was telling the to throw at his feet. To throw at him, and here it is: World Series champ or the World Series bound A's, and a fight breaks out in the during the celebration. <laughs> they were so contentious that even while they were celebrating the American League pennant, Vita Blue and Blue Modem got into a fight, <laughs> into a fist fight, because Vita Blue had to bail out Blue Moon. Vita Blue had to come out of the bullpen to bail out Blue Moon, Blue Moon Odom. Odom. And Vita Blue kept calling, kept going to his neck like, you choked, you choked. And oh, my gosh. They went at they, it. It's like, you won brawl. the pennant. <laughs> <laughs> you won the pennant. That's great. But, yeah. Well, look at hate. Uh, Tony, this was great. Uh, you and I have never met before we started recording this, but I'm really, really glad. Thanks, Holly. Yeah. We, we came aboard here. Um yeah, it's inevitable. Though, They're moving yeah. here. It's inevitable. It's Give right. it up. You're oh, going to have to no, come I've, your team here. Okay? I've, I know they're moving. I After know they're 24, moving. 24, done. 
symphony. And there, there's no way they could play in that facility up there. Oh, yeah. If they build the Howard Terminal for them, $12 billion. No. They don't have the affordable housing they said they were going to have. They no. don't have, uh, again, they have all these environmental issues. There's just too much muck there. They they can't get through it. There's no, no. way you could wade through all that, unfortunately. I feel, I feel bad that we're stealing another one of your teams. Well, look at, I mean, it's, I, I noticed when I said at the beginning, my, my desire to have the A's not move is purely selfish. As a fan. Uh, and, I can't and, blame you. Yeah. But uh, I, I know it's inevitable. I do think that Nashville and Portland are very, could really support it. They're not a, even in the picture. They're not but, in the picture. Come on, Sully. They're not in the picture. All right. All right. Fine. All right, fine. Well, I'll tell you what. You you've turned me around to the point where I I'll buy the I next am, buffet. I got the next buffet. Uh, the, <laughs> so okay, so we're gonna so when it's uh when it's Vegas, Carolina in the uh, Stanley Cup playoffs, and again every every Canadian is bashing their head <laughs> against the side of a maple tree. Uh, I will root for Vegas because of you, Tony. So there you go, go. Rangers. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tony, tell people where they can listen to your podcast. Okay, we are at Lockdown VGK, of course, on Twitter at Tony Dasco at Lockdown VGK. And you also should subscribe because we're a few billion followers away, subscribers away from our quota, <laughs> our number that they yep. are so tough and difficult. And they tell us we've got goals and we can't hit that number. It is Lockdown Golden Knights. That's our YouTube channel. And by the way, thanks so much for making Lockdown. So you're the best. Thanks, man. Well, yeah, and thanks for making Lockdown and be your first listen. For your second listen, make it Lockdown Golden Knights. Your third listen, check out Lockdown Fantasy Baseball. Win your league by listening to Matt and Dom every day as they bring you the best fantasy draft strategies. Find Lockdown Fantasy Baseball wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Crossing the blue line Ooh. over to hockey. With Tony Cardasco of Locked On Vegas Golden Knights, this has been your St. Patrick's Day episode. We got <laughs> we got two guys who look Italian, one of them with an Irish name, celebrating our St. Patrick's Day here. Thanks, goodbye. Top of the morning to you. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.